This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and clean, execute our race for a position. Gotta be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Joey Logano is going to Gatorade Victory Lane. Our short track program is, is definitely our strength right now. Checkered flag in the air and Kyle Larson. My Martinsville is a place that I struggle at, I think, more than, than my equipment that I've had in the past. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry trusted to perform since 1952 by xfinity x5 internet that's more than just fast xfinity proud premier partner of nascar and by blue emu maximum pain relief the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network blue emu is family owned and manufactured here in america it works fast and you won't stink from the mrn studios in concord north carolina here is your host mike bagley Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we are getting set for night racing under the lights at Martinsville. That's coming up this weekend. Can't wait to get back to the paperclip. It'll be race eight of the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season. And joining us on the show, we're going to get a status check from Daniel Suarez. He's going to join us today. We're going to ask him how things are going for him. We're going to check in and see how things are going for him and his new racing team, Trackhouse Racing. Also coming up, Justin Allgaier of the NASCAR Xfinity Series will stop by. We'll talk some Xfinity Series racing as they get set to head back to Martinsville and their first Dash for Cash race of 2021. Also, NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace is here to talk about Martinsville, a place where he did a lot of winning in his career. Plus, we'll preview the race at Martinsville, including... The Modified Race with Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Ricky and a whole lot more. But first, let's get a check of the headlines with Kyle Ricky. Kyle, what do you have? Mike, the NASCAR Whelan Modified Tour returns to the Martinsville Speedway in Virginia for the first time since 2010 this Thursday night. 40 cars are on the entry list from the most recent champions, Doug Coby and Justin Bonsignor, to current NASCAR Cup Series driver Ryan Priest who says he appreciates the opportunity to continue to drive the Modifieds when not in a cup car. Yeah, for sure, right? Um, as a racer, your your ultimate goal uh, is to get to NASCAR's Cup Series. That's, that's you know, that's where it is. That's where you want to be. But at the same time, I know where my roots are. I know where I've cut my teeth. I know where I put many hours in the race shop to, to go and win races. 
and I enjoy racing these race cars. I, I know, you know, I know quite a bit about them and I, they're, they're a lot of fun to race. So I obviously enjoy doing it for sure. Priest won a Southern modified race at the South Boston Speedway in Virginia over the weekend and is the early favorite on Thursday night. Hannah Newhouse and I will have more on the Modifieds return to Martinsville later in today's show. Testing continues on the next-gen race car for the NASCAR Cup Series this week. Richard Childress racing driver Tyler Reddick is testing the car at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina and will be testing tires for Goodyear. This is the second consecutive week of next-gen car testing, as last week the new car was also tested at the Martinsville Speedway, gathering data with wheel force transducers. And congratulations is in order for NASCAR Camping World Truck Series driver John Hunter Nemechek and wife Taylor on the birth of their first child, Aspen Palmer Nemechek. Both Taylor and baby are doing well. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Daniel Suarez and later NASCAR Hall of Famer and MRN analyst Rusty Wallace. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Wheelan would like to recognize MRN veteran Jeff Striegel. He is the Wheelan Crew Member of the Week. Dave Moody knew from day one that Striegel was a great addition to the MRN team. Jeff is a guy that the day he arrived on this truck, like five laps into his first ever race, I said, man, this guy's really good. This guy is, I mean, he is a world-class talent. It took me a little while longer to figure out that he was also a world-class individual. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The last race for the NASCAR Cup Series was the Bristol Dirt Race a couple of weekends ago. Trackhouse Racing's Daniel Suarez had a career day. He led 58 laps, ended up finishing in the fourth position, and that run surprised a lot of folks, including Daniel himself. MRN's Woody Kane talked with Daniel about that day and a lot more. I'm definitely not a dirt guy. Um, you know, I didn't grow up racing dirt. I didn't even know that actually that was a thing in Mexico that, that doesn't really exist much. But uh, it was fun. You know, uh, I felt like driving dirt on, on a stock car is, uh, is way different than a real dirt car. So I feel like that kind of helps. You know, the, the regular drivers, not the dirt drivers a little bit. Um, probably how the racetrack changes, you know, the, the dirt drivers that have more experience. But other than that, I feel like the, the field was pretty even. Uh, I feel like, you know, every driver in the Cup Series has, has good car control and they know what they need. You know, everyone is experienced. So, so it worked out pretty well for us. You know, the, the 99 um, Chevy Camaro was, was a strong um, most of the day. Uh, we're able to drive up front and stay up front, let some laps. We, we lost the balance a little bit by the end, but uh, but we're contending. So that, that's, that's always a positive. And I thought even the week before that at Atlanta, you were about to get another top five except for a late speeding penalty. What does that do for the confidence of this team this early in the season that you guys are already starting to show that kind of speed? 
Yeah, definitely. That was uh, that, that was very very good as well. I I messed it up, but uh, but luckily I was able to 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 recover um, this uh, this past weekend in uh, in uh, in baseball. Um, but yeah, you know it's extremely good that uh, all the hard work of everyone at Raja Racing is is paying off. Uh, we're not where we want to be yet, but uh, but we're heading in the right direction. You know, we have great people at uh, Raja Racing starting. You know, with uh, with Justin Marks, Ty Norris, people, everyone uh, in the lead organization of Track House, and and uh, and obviously Travis as a crew chief, and we have great group of engineers. Uh, we have great people, and uh, and everyone is so motivated to to run better, to keep keep getting better, and we're still a young team, but uh, with uh, with a huge potential. So we're looking forward to keep getting better. Well, you mentioned the people at Trackhouse who were making it happen for you, and you talked with Justin Marks for a long time about putting this deal together. But I'm curious if you've been able to spend much time with Pitbull yet so far. Well, uh, you know, a few times, yes. Uh, really, you know, we're racing Daytona, we're racing Miami, and all the Homestead, and all those races. Um, you know, we're able to hang out to 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 be together a little bit. Uh, but other than that, you know, we, we, I have a busy schedule and he does have a busy schedule as well. So, uh, we talk every week. I can tell you that, uh, he's very, very aware of everything that is going on. So yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. You know, he's, uh, he's an amazing person, uh, a very, very humble person, very good person. And, uh, he loves the sport. He loves our culture and, uh, we want to bring that into, into the sport. Obviously, you know, Justin has this ambition, Dinoris as well. And, and uh, and again, it's everything about the people. We have we have a, an amazing group of people to, uh, in this program, and and it will only continue to get better. Well, speaking of the people, you and your crew chief Travis Mack seem to have hit it off. But what has the early part of the season so far told you about where the team is and where the the Cup Series is in general? I mean, we've had seven different races and seven different winners to this point. Yeah, which was I was one one of them, <laughs> but uh, we get there. We get there, um, you know, Travis and I, we, we're just trying to get to know each other. Uh, and that, that's actually the cool part, that uh, that we have so much potential ahead of us. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a great leader. Uh, he's an amazing uh, person to be able to lead, to manage more people. I really like the way that he built this group uh, because he was already a huge part of this. Uh, every single member of Track House Racing, they work super hard and they're super passionate and they're racers, and uh, we love that. Um, and uh, and we, we support to each other, you know. Uh, the pit crew, uh, really, we didn't have a, a real pit crew this past weekend in, in, in Bristol, but but uh, we had a very bad weekend a few weeks ago, and then they came back to Atlanta and uh, and they did exactly what they needed to do a very very solid day those guys are keep just they just keep getting better and better so i mean everywhere uh in the whole group we have very very good people and i just feel very very blessed very fortunate to to be part of it you mentioned uh, the tracks that we've been to so far, and next you have Martinsville on the schedule. And I even saw that they're testing the next-gen car there, and they're uh, also going to be doing uh, a test of rain tires at Martinsville. Does that even surprise you anymore with all the new and different things we've been experiencing over the last year or so? <laughs> After the dirt race, nothing, nothing surprised me. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen, and, and here we are. I mean, we already know that we're going to race dirt next year again. Uh, 
and this was supposed to be a test one one time only, and here we are. So, <laughs> but it's good, you know. Uh, I have fun, you know. I, ro- I run well. Fans love it. Um, you know, it was probably there is a few things that we can do better as a sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little dusty and 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 the rain and this and that. There's always room for improvement, but I feel like it was a hell of a job for the first time. So, mm-hmm. you know, overall just. Very proud of everything that uh, that happened uh, and all the work that uh, the NASCAR and, and, and the racetrack put together to be able to make it happen. Tell me about what you expect at Martinsville because it's a lot of thumping and bumping and moving guys out of the way at Martinsville in order to get where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, as usual. <laughs> you know, in, in, in Bristol was the same way. So, you know, it's part of racing. You know, we, we have to go out there and, and have try to have a good car and and, and i'm sure we're, we're gonna have it you know everyone at rcr has done an incredible job as well supporting us and and giving us the tools to be able to go out there and compete so you know uh every single part of this group team uh dry house racing is, is is working in the right direction so just happy to be here i feel like i have a hell of an opportunity in front of me and and I'm enjoying it. Well, that's great to hear. I got to ask you one more thing before we wrap up. I know you're always into restoring this car or that car. What project are you working on now, uh, personally, or have you been too busy lately? <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, I try to work on the cars when I have a little bit of time, but I've been I've been quite a bit busy lately. Um, but uh, you know, I'm working a couple cars in Mexico already. I'm not the one working on them, but my father is. And uh, here in the U.S., I've been working a little bit on, on my on my double cap boss, um, and that's pretty much it. You know, just working a little bit and trying to get distracted when when I have some free time. That's Daniel Suarez. He'll be making his ninth start at Martinsville Saturday night. He's got two top tens to his credit at the old paper clip. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll hear from NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace and later. We'll get a preview of this weekend's Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 at Martinsville. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. NASCAR is in the middle of a short track stretch in the early reaches of this 2021 season. You had Phoenix, which is technically a mile, but it drives like a short track. Then we went to Bristol on dirt. Now we've got Martinsville. Week after that, we're off to Richmond. Here to talk racing at the paperclip this weekend is Jeff Striegel and NASCAR Hall of Famer and MRN analyst Rusty Wallace. For the fourth time in the last five races here at Martinsville, Rusty Wallace will win. That's one of my favorite tracks. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it's one of the best uh, short tracks around. It's flat. And people ask me all the time, so why was it you had so such good luck there? And I said, well, you know, I grew up in that environment back in the Midwest, running all the, the flat half-mile racetracks and American Speed Association and, and tracks like that. And it taught me a lot. And so... When I got there, it was more natural for me than, say, Daytona or Talladega or a Michigan or a Charlotte or something like that. So it was, and I, I really took a liking to it. They got a pretty unique trophy, don't they? And you have seven of them. Talk about what you get when you win the race. And then the follow up is where in the world are all of these pieces? <laughs> Great question, Jeff. I got seven of those grandfather clocks. 
And the very last time I won, my crew chief was a fellow by the name of Larry Carter. And Larry was just a great friend of mine. And now he's working over at Team Hendrick over there, um, you know, helping those guys out. But um, when I won that seventh race, he was trying to talk me in not to retiring. He wanted to stay, keep me in the car, keep going. And then when I won the race, uh, he pretty well knew I was going to hang it up at the end of the 2004 season. And I said, I want to do something nice. So I gave my final victory trophy to Larry Carter. And it's in Larry's house right now. The, less, the rest of the clocks, believe it or not, are down in the basement at the NASCAR Hall of Fame in storage. And uh, they're well kept over there. We're going to need to give Winston Kelly a call, see if we can't right. break those out. Um, real quick, before we talk about what's coming up this weekend, interesting enough, NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace, NASCAR Hall of Famer Jeff Gordon, your storied careers, both of you ended your, your winning career at that track, the Martinsville Speedway. You were with us that day when Jeff picked up his final win. What did it mean to you? And I can imagine you could paint the picture for the fans. What did it mean for Jeff Gordon to win your final races of your career at that racetrack? Well, I, it meant everything in the world to me to end my last, get my last victory at Martinsville. And here's why I'll never forget starting my career. And I won my first race at Bristol, Tennessee. And Jeff, when I won that first race, it was way back in 1986. I, I almost thought it might've been, uh, it might be a fluke. Because I knew in my heart that I ran great all day long. I knew I didn't look into anything. I led a ton of laps. I led the final 100 laps or something at Bristol to win. But still, you got the trophy. You went home and you thought in the back of your mind, man, was this just kind of a, everything lined up perfect and I'll never win one of these again. And I had it going through my mind that I just got, maybe I got lucky that day. Well, it was three or four races later, I went to Martinsville. And I had a really fast car and I won again. And I'll never forget, that was the one that made me feel, hey, you can do this. And now you're in the club, so to speak. Yeah. And you've made it in NASCAR. So the the, Mar- the Bristol win was okay. But the but the Martinsville win was the one that made me feel accepted in the sport. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about the Blue Emu 500. Rather interesting, I think. The tagline, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network works fast. And you won't stink. Now, seven races in, we got some drivers that could probably use a little blue emu right now. And I'm thinking of Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Ryan Newman, Bubba Wallace, Cole Custer, Eric Almarola. I mean, there's a long line of drivers, Rusty, that, man, when you take a look at how the 2021 season has started off, they'd probably like to rewind it and start all over. Well, they could all use a little blue emu with all the names you just listed, that's for sure. But I would tell you, the one that's kind of the top of my list that I keep thinking about is got to be Kurt Busch. Uh, that Chip Ganassi team put so much effort off-season building those cars and getting ready. Then I was watching all the promotional stuff that uh, Monster Energy has been doing with Kurt. They put a lot of work into him, and he's put a lot of work with them. And their cars have been pretty fast, but they just can't seem to close the deal. They've been having more problems than uh, anticipated. So I, I would say that the guy that's on my mind right now that really needs a pickup and a tune-up and can get that at Martinsville has got to be Kurt Busch. He's a good short track racer. He's run good at Martinsville before. But I wouldn't believe that he would have had this much trouble uh, these uh, early, the, early on in the, in the NASCAR series this year. Let's talk about his brother, Kyle, who right now has led a grand total 
of seven laps all year long. Uh, they are sitting outside of the top 10. They've had two top five finishes again after seven starts. Is this a track, Martinsville, that Kyle can turn his season around with? Well, you know, when I think about Kyle Busch, I think about up there in the middle of the track, running super fast with the rear ends sliding around and the smoke pouring off the right rear tire and him just going for it. So when I pair him down at Martinsville, I don't, I don't think of Kyle Busch at Martinsville doing that, showing his talent to the extreme that he possibly can. Now, when I look at a place like uh, Bristol where he's wide open and they're flying around that place, or maybe I think of a place like uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, in the all-star race where you really got to let it hang out. I think of Kyle Busch in that way, Jeff, but, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I just don't see him uh, being able to turn the career around at a place like Martinsville. I think he's going to run good at Martinsville, but I don't look at that as a track that he can really just put a whooping on these cats and, and get back in victory lane. Like his teammate, Martin Truex Jr. can possibly do here on Sunday. Let's talk about Eric Elmarola for a minute. And Eric, of course, with the super team, Stuart Haas racing. Uh, some of the other, other teammates have been struggling this year. That whole organization may be down a bit this year compared to last. How about this for stats with Eric, Rusty? No top fives, no top tens, hasn't led a lap this year, and they've already got three DNFs, and now you head off to Martinsville where, you know, you either run up front or you end up on a trailer early. As a driver, and you've been there, you know, uh, you've been there before where you've gone into a, a, a run of bad luck, string of bad luck. This is a difficult track to turn your season around with, isn't it? Because you could be feeling like Superman one minute and then wadded up in turn number one and watching your car get put on the flatbed and taken off the racetrack. Difficult opportunity right here, isn't it, for Eric and the rest of the drivers that we mentioned? Well, everything you just mentioned, I totally agree with. Uh, but I would add this to it. I mean, if you go into Martinsville with a positive attitude, uh, like, hey, this track is good for me. I'm a good short track racer. I always can seem to go to the short tracks and pick up points. I can always win there. If you got that mental attitude, and I had that. Every time I went to Bristol, anytime I went to Richmond, anytime I went to Martinsville, if I was behind in the points or down on my luck, I felt like I was going to make it up at, at Martinsville. And a lot of times I did. You mentioned I won there seven times. I will tell you, every time I went there, Jeff, I would, couldn't wait to get there. I was excited about it. Now, if you were to Martinsville and you're down on your luck, like Eric Amarola is right now, and he and, and he goes in that race thinking, oh, man, this I, I don't like this track. These short tracks, you never know what's going to happen. There are a lot of beating and banging. You can burn the brakes up. You can burn the rear end up. You can have all kinds of problems. You're probably defeated before you even go if you got that mental attitude like that. You know, you got to have a great car, no doubt about that. But I'm telling you what, in your head, man, if you don't, if you're not ready for this track and you don't want to be there, you're not going to be successful. But if you love it, that's a, that's a big gainer. I mean, for me to go there when I was down on my luck, I always looked at that track as a place I can make it happen. But, you know, I always love the short tracks. I love the short tracks. And I wasn't so sure when I got to uh, Charlotte or Texas or something like that. Now, a Cal Bush, Eric Amarola, they're probably thinking, hey, I'm pretty sure when I go to these mile and a half racetracks, I'm going to pick some points up there. I'm just telling you, they better have that same attitude going into Martinsville or else it's not going to work for them. Let's do one more. Let's talk about Bubba Wallace. Okay. High expectations. 
the second that Michael Jordan was announced and Denny Hamlin was announced and the whole Toyota deal was put together. I think everybody figured that, well, Hey, this is a team that's going to win as soon as they put the car on the racetrack. Well, hold on. Cause I think we all recognize that that just doesn't happen that way. How do you assess Bubba Wallace so far? You've had a chance to watch him now for seven races. Uh, is this a team that should be worried about where they're at right now? Or do you feel like they're doing everything they need to do and the success will come? Well, one thing I found out about that team is before they even started, they kept telling everybody, don't expect anything out of us early part of the season. We got, we're going to have growing pains. We got to learn. And so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that because yeah, you're exactly right. When you put a brand new team together and let's face it, Bubba Wallace has got, decent amount of experience but he doesn't have experience winning races and understanding how to win races and and a and just solid in top five all the time like some of these veterans are like brad keselowski or uh or how um you know jeff gordon was or how oh my gosh just some of the new some of the names out there right now i mean the, the kyle bushes the kevin harvick's guys like that have they've done that they know how to do it now with bubba I've always thought that it's going to take him a good while to get a grip and understand the Gibbs organization because that's the ones that are providing the cars and the all the um, the setups and stuff for him. Unfortunately, he's just going to need more time behind the seat. He's just going to have to need a lot more time on the racetrack. You can put all the money in that team you want. It's not going to make you go any faster unless you really understand what you're doing. And Bubba is a young guy who's still got a lot to learn. And he's he, I, I watch him race and I, I pick out the high points. Uh, when I see him do really, really good, and it makes me think, okay, he can do it. He can do it. I watch him do it just then. Maybe he ran that first run. Maybe he ran that first run and he led a bunch of laps. But maybe the second, uh, you know, the, the second part of the race, it didn't work out so good or maybe couldn't close the deal. But at least I saw something positive, knowing that he can do it. Now I just got to put all that together and do it on a consistent basis. Man, and everything I'm just saying right there to you is all about, you know, time behind the wheel. And he's just going to need more time. Anybody who thinks, just because Michael Jordan owns a team and Denny Hamlin's a part owner of the team, that they're going to go out there and win? <laughs> they got another thing coming. Man, this sport is tougher than that. Well, I think there's one thing that is for sure, and that is that you and I better pack a lot of blue emu as we head to Martinsville this weekend. Rusty, always good to catch up with you, and we will see you this weekend at the Paperclip. All right, Jeff, great talking to you today, and I'll see you Saturday night in Martinsville. I'm ready for a big race under the lights. It's going to be exciting. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Rusty. Coming up, we're going to hear from some of your favorite drivers about what they're expecting from Martinsville this weekend. And later, we're going to talk modified racing with Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. The cars are back on track after the Easter weekend. This weekend, we're headed off to Martinsville Speedway in Virginia. And here to give us a preview of the weekend is Kurt Becker. Now that the Easter break is behind us, the NASCAR Cup Series continues its short track portion of the schedule at Martinsville Speedway. 
Fresh off his win at Bristol, Team Penske driver Joey Logano feels confident on all tracks that are less than a mile in length. Our short track program is, is definitely our strength right now. Um, when you look at the 750 races this year uh, on the road courses, right, and you, you know we've been pretty good uh, you know, for Clash and then going back down there and finishing second, almost winning the race. Um, I felt pretty strong about that. Phoenix, um, another second place finish there. Uh, and then you yeah, call it what you want, the dirt track, but I call it a 750 race uh, and being able to win. So I feel like our short track package is really good. Our 550s week, we got to work on that um, as a team and in trying to pinpoint where that is. Um, sometimes I feel like we might be a bit of a lost puppy on, on the 550 stuff, trying to figure out what that is. So we'll keep working on it and trying to find that spot. But for now, definitely our strengths are in 750s. And, um, you know, we got a, a couple good tracks coming up for us. On the other end of the spectrum, Roush Fenway Racing's Chris Busher is still uncertain where his team stands on its short track program. It is going to take getting to Martinsville to to really figure out where we're at and, uh, and what we think we have. So um, what I will say is some of the road racing parts and pieces seem to carry over to short tracks. And we felt like the Daytona road course went really well for us this year, um, both the races we got to run. We had speed. Uh, we didn't quite get the finishes that we, we should have, but we definitely had speed. And so that uh, that makes us hopeful that when we go to these short tracks, we're going to have the grip in the car. If we're going to have the forward drive, that's going to make us pretty competitive. And uh, Martinsville is a place that I've steadily gotten better at, and I think that we had pretty good runs last season as well. So uh, we are looking at that as our, our really our telltale for, for the short tracks. Um, can't really get a read off of just one race, but they're definitely help point us in the right direction and, and head towards what uh, what we feel like is going to be our biggest focus. Hendrick Motorsports driver Kyle Larson has not had much success at Martinsville, but feels that could change with a team that has won so many times at the half-mile track. My Martinsville is a place that I struggle at, I think, more than, than my equipment that I've had in the past. So I'm definitely curious to see you know how I'll be there. Um, being with a team who just you know won the last uh, event there at Martinsville, so hopefully I'm better than normal. But um, I'm pretty confident, kind of you know going to any racetrack right now. I think our team's been doing a great job. Larson's teammate William Byron says balance is a key component to getting the car set up for 500 laps. Martinsville is always always difficult. I feel like you've got to balance the the entry to the corner to the you know how you turn the middle, obviously and it's um it's a challenge so i i enjoy it um you know i think it's i think it's a great challenge and um makes it tough on the drivers to get around that that place joe gibbs racing's kyle bush is off to a rocky start in 2021 but optimism is high for this weekend at martinsville with new crew chief ben bayshore you know i look forward to getting to martinsville um you know ben last year obviously was crew chief with harrison burton it was the first time the xfinity cars have been to uh, Martinsville in a long time and so there was no practice they literally just lined it up and raced at Martinsville and and uh, they were super fast you know Harrison was able to win that race so um, Ben was with me when we were successful at um, at Martinsville the years that we won in, in 15 and 17 so I'm looking forward to being able to get there and hopefully we've got some things in store for us to be fast. The Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500 from Martinsville Speedway takes place this Saturday under the lights. Motor Racing Network will have live coverage starting at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. For this week's NASCAR Live Race Preview, I'm Kurt Becker. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Ricky will stop by. We'll be here to preview the modified race at Martinsville and later. 
We'll hear from Justin Allgaier of the NASCAR Xfinity Series. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for making time for us here on this week's NASCAR Live. If you're a fan of the Wheeland Modified Tour, well, this week is your lucky week. The Mod Squad heads back to Martinsville Speedway this weekend and here to talk about what to expect and why it's going to be a great race are the hosts of NASCAR Coast to Coast, Hannah Newhouse and Kyle Rickey. Thanks, Mike. The NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour returns to Martinsville this upcoming week for the first time in almost 10 years, Kyle. And it's been uh, quite the schedule that we're looking forward to getting that return finally to the paperclip for the Ground Pounders. And I'm so excited. I've been talking to Clay Campbell for, I feel like, years, who was the president of the Martinsville Speedway, trying to get the Modifieds back to the paperclip. And, and he said, you know what? Not only am I going to bring the Modifieds back, but the other big question I've been getting is we want racing under the lights. So you're going to get not only the Modifieds, you're also going to get the Modifieds under the lights at Martinsville Speedway. Obviously, the last time the Modifieds raced at Martinsville, they brought in portable lighting. The permanent lights are up. Uh, they've been up for a couple of years now, and, and I can't wait to see the Modifieds under the, the new light. Uh, it's going to be fun Thursday night at the Martinsville Speedway right here on MRN. Yeah, and even better so uh, if you haven't seen a modified race yet, there's still opportunity to do so because there's going to be fans in the grandstand, Kyle. And after the season that they had last year in 2020 with their season up in the air to finally have it solidified, open it up at the paperclip in their big return. We've got a lot of big names, 40 entries on the entry list. Obviously, not all of them, unfortunately, going to make the start on the uh, tight little paper clip of Martinsville. But you've got names like Ryan Newman, Ryan Priest, who's won there before at Martinsville, but also your regulars like Doug Kobe, Justin Bonsignor, a lot of these guys that still have the chance to win at Martinsville. Yeah, Justin Bonsignor, the most recent champion on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Doug Kobe, a six-time champion and the last driver to win a title outside of Justin Bonsignor and Doug Kobe, way back in 2013, Ryan Priest, who was there testing uh, just last week. He and Ryan Newman, I also believe John McKennedy was there driving for a longtime NASCAR car owner, Tommy Baldwin Jr. You have Woody Pitcat, Eric Goodale, all making the trip down an incredible entry list, 40 cars going to try to make the event on Thursday evening. And, and you mentioned the schedule. Uh, it was tough a year ago, only getting a handful of events in because well, the Northeast, a bit stricter than other areas of the country. It was tough to schedule modified races up in New York and in Connecticut, Massachusetts, never turned a lap there at the Seekonk Speedway, um, and, and, and Virginia. Uh, they were supposed to go to the Martinsville Speedway last year. Unfortunately, that race had to go by the wayside because of all the restrictions that were in play and and only running Cup and Xfinity there. So glad the Modifieds are back this year and, and glad we were able to talk to Jimmy Wilson on our NASCAR Coast to Coast show earlier this week, and, and he is just so happy not only to get Martinsville on the schedule, but uh, for all the things that NASCAR's been able to put into play for the Modifieds this season. A lot of great bonus money on hand, so um, it's going to be a great race, great way to start a short track weekend uh, this Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. The Wheel and Modified Tour is a, a tour that I've come to love over the years, of course, covering and being a part of short track racing my entire career and and this year if, if any year is a year that you're going to start following the modified tour this is the year to do so with the 14 races they're going to new racetracks again the paper clip this up and coming week and the personalities pile not only in the drivers 
But the personalities in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour are something that is almost reminiscent of the old days in racing. And all you have to do is go on Twitter <laughs> and get to know the personalities of of the Doug Kobe's and the Justin Bonsignor's going back and forth. And it's great when uh, they pick on the cup star in Ryan Priest, uh, who jumps into the, the Twitter wars as well. A lot of great personalities, especially when you're able to get into the garage and talk to these guys and get to know these guys one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you know, Woody Pitcat, uh, one of the great personalities for, for decades now in a modified and before that in a late model. Uh, he had the nickname Neon Woody years ago because he got to, he, he enjoyed to dye his hair uh, different colors every time he showed up at the racetrack. Those are just, uh, you know, some of the personalities. And don't forget, this is, you mentioned Martinsville and, and the Modifieds. This is a, a pairing that even though they haven't been there in 11 years, uh, for 40 years, it was, uh, uh, you know, almost a match made in heaven. The Modifieds at Martinsville, Martinsville Speedway kind of put the Modifieds on the map years ago with events like the Cardinal 500, the Dogwood 500, Everybody, I say everybody, you probably don't, Hannah, but a lot of longtime fans remember that 1981 finish with Richie Evans riding the wall and Jeff Bodine below him and Evans coming across the finish line with two wheels in the air. Um, a finish that you were able to hear this week on NASCAR Coast to Coast here on MRN. So, so many storylines, so many personalities, and I'm glad that the fans of the Motor Racing Network are able to hear it all this Thursday night at 8 p.m. to begin a very busy race weekend at the Martinsville Speedway. Thank you, Hannah and Kyle. If you want to hear more from them or hear more about grassroots racing across the country, be sure to tune in to NASCAR Coast to Coast right here on MRN every week. Coming up, Justin Allgaier will stop by, and later we'll have This Week in NASCAR History. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We are screaming towards the finish line on this week's NASCAR Live. Justin Allgaier is one of the most recognizable names in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And our Woody Kane had a chance to sit down and talk Martinsville with the NASCAR Xfinity Series veteran. The Atlanta winner, fresh off an off week, but I know he wanted to be on that dirt track at Bristol. Now you head to Martinsville where you were runner-up last time we were there, and it seems like the calendar and the stats and everything are lining up for you. How do you feel? Well, I feel a lot better right now than I did at the beginning of the season, obviously. We uh, we fired off out of the gates in, at the beginning of 2021, and we just we were terrible. We, we fought just everything you could possibly come up with to fight. We, we fought it, it seemed like. So... It's nice to be able to turn the season around, obviously, uh, to, to get to victory lane at Atlanta was awesome. To uh, That was the first time I've had Exalt and Echo Park on the car. So uh, to take them to victory lane in the, in the uh, Echo Park 250 was really, obviously, really special. Uh, you mentioned the dirt. I'm, I'm super bummed that the Xfinity Series didn't go to the dirt track at Bristol. You know, that's, uh, that's A, number one, what I grew up on racing on dirt. But, but number two... Not only did we not get the dirt race, but we also missed out on a, a, a great racetrack at Bristol Motor Speedway, right? Uh, you know, going from two races to one. So that was super disappointing just because I felt like we had a great shot to, to, to maybe take a victory home there, uh, dirt or asphalt. So, you know, we, uh, we go into Martinsville, obviously, Dash for Cash weekend. So, you know, being able to qualify for that, huge thanks to Xfinity for, for what they do in, in that regard as far as, uh, you know, just reinvesting into the into the teams and, and into the, the, the organizations that support the series on a regular basis. And it means a lot to all of us. And, and then, as you mentioned, I finished second there last year. However, 
I think the four of us that are in the dash for cash, we finished one, two, three, and AJ Allmendinger was leading the race and had a flat tire uh, right towards the end and, and wasn't able to uh, to battle it out for a win. So I'm not sure if you could pick any four that uh, have a better shot at going to Martinsville and, and going for that that grandfather clock, but but most importantly, too, that, that dash for cash money. Before we look ahead, let's look back a little bit. That Atlanta race, even though it was only a couple of weeks, it seems like longer than that now. But everybody was focused on the whole Noah Gregson and Daniel Hemrick scrap, and Truex was really good. And meanwhile, you were just, okay, you guys do that. I'll go on and win. I mean, did it kind of feel like y'all have your fun? I'm going to the victory lane now? Honestly, that was one of the one of the calmer races I feel like I've, I've been able to be a part of for, for myself. Um, you know, we, we, we fired off right out of the box and I felt like we were, we were good. We weren't as good as we wanted to be, but we were good. Uh, but we made good changes all day. And, and that's really what it comes down to, you know, with, with no practice, no qualifying, you have to fire off strong, but you also have to be really good on the back end with the changes and, and, you know, pit crew with lights out. We gained spots on, on pit road every time, and we, we made adjustments to the car that ultimately helped propel us to, to having a, a better a better car. So, you know, I think that was a, a big part of it. Um, you know, we got a gift. When Martin spent on pit road, obviously that helped tremendously. But on the other hand, uh, you know, I felt really good about the fact that, you know, as he came back uh, through the field and got back to us at the end of the race, you know, when, when he closed in the gap, we were able to kind of push a little bit harder those last, you know, 10 or 12 laps or so and, and kind of pull a little bit of a gap. And that was huge from a from a driver standpoint. Absolutely. One of the one of the bigger wins of my career, just for the simple fact that we executed all day perfectly. Things went the way we needed them to go. And, and that just uh, th those days don't happen very often. No, they really don't. And you mentioned got got a break there, but you've had some times too, you and almost anybody else who's raced where you felt like you had the best car and it didn't work out for you for one reason or another. So that stuff kind of has a way of evening out. But looking ahead to Martinsville, the cookout 250 is under the lights and that's got to give you a little something extra there, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you know, Martinsville is obviously a great facility. Uh, I've been a huge fan of Martinsville Long before the Xfinity Series went back there, I, I you know, I, I got to, I attempted my first truck race in Martinsville many, many moons ago. Darrell Waltrip was actually in that race, if that gives you an idea of how long ago uh, I, I attempted a truck race in Martinsville. Wow. Um, you know, my dad and I, we used to go there as as fans and, and walk through and, and be a part of, of that event just because we really enjoyed it. So, you know, Martinsville's kind of always been on my list of racetracks that I've, I've had circled. Um, you know, having a little bit of cup experience there didn't hurt anything. Uh, but on the other hand, I, you know, last year, going back to Martinsville with an Xfinity Series car, having a good car, you know, I think that's first and foremost. We had a great, great, uh, great Camaro, and we were able to battle for a win late in the race, and you know, ultimately lock our way into, um, you know, that final round at, at Phoenix, and and you know, do the things that we needed to do. So, um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what it looks like this time around. You know, under the lights is going to be extremely different. You know, the track conditions are going to be different. The way you're going to race, the things you're going to see are going to be completely different. So I'm excited for that. I, I know they took the grass out as well. So I think a few of the guys are, are excited that there's no more grass in the infield. Uh, but, you know, how does that affect, you know, kind of how we race? Not that not that it's really easy to get up on top of that curb, but, you know, that took some guys out the last couple of years, um, Cup and Xfinity. So, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens there. But uh, we got a beautiful race car. Uh, we've got the Fight Hunger Spark Change, Unilever, uh, Walmart Plus car. So we got all the Unilever brands on the car with us. And uh, you just, it's going to be a great, great weekend. And, and really looking forward to getting, getting to Martinsville under the lights on a Friday night. That just, to me, that takes me back to my, 
you know, my, my short track days growing up running around home where you race on a Friday night and, and it's under the lights. I just, that to me is what racing is really all about. That's Justin Allgaier and our Woody Kane. Hear more of that interview with MRN Out Loud at MRN.com. Coming up next, this week in NASCAR history. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits for this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, Susie Armstrong is here with this week in NASCAR history. Susie? Thanks, Mike. 1989. Swedish pop duo Roxette goes viral in the USA after a Minnesota radio station spins an imported version of The Look, prompting positive listener feedback and national airplay. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar tossed a final skyhook in the celebrated NBA career finale game in Seattle's Kingdom. Michigan bested Seton Hall in overtime in the 51st NCAA Men's Basketball Championship. And handsome Harry Gant survived a late race restart to win the Trans-South 500 at Darlington Raceway. Gant is all in the clear. The battle is for second. Davy Allison goes underneath with Jeff Bodine on the back straightaway. Davy Allison will take over second. Here comes Harry Gant now into turn number four on his way to the finish. Harry Gant is on his way to winning here at Darlington. He comes out of turn number four. He'll take the checkered flag. 1995. SNL producer Lauren Michaels paired up Chris Farley and David Spade for the big screen hit comedy Tommy Boy. Tim the Toolman Taylor hammered the competition as Home Improvement Season 4 ruled primetime ratings. The NFL gave the green light to the L.A. Rams lateral to St. Louis, and Jeff Gordon was masterful from the drop of the green in Thunder Valley, leading 205 laps of the Food City 500 at Bristol Motor Speedway. Jeff Gordon holds the inside line very cautiously and slowly, coming down the back straightaway for the last time he's up in turn three. Six races, three wins. The DuPont Chevrolet out of turn four to the stripe checkered flag for Jeff Gordon. 2006, Kenny Chesney was on the road and the radio with the number one country hit, Living in Fast Forward. Florida flounced UCLA 73-57 in the massive Indianapolis RCA Dome as the 68th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship wrapped up in Indiana. And Tony Stewart smoked him in the Commonwealth of Virginia, edging Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon in the closing laps to win the DirecTV 500 at Martinsville Speedway. Final time off turn number two. Tony Stewart just has to keep it on the rails, and he's going home a winner. Into turn number three for the final time. Tony Stewart looking for victory lane. Defending Nextel Cup Series champion comes to Martinsville Speedway in Virginia to score his first win of 2006, taking the direct TV 500. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We'd like to thank Daniel Suarez for joining us on this week's show. Also, our thanks to... MRN analyst and NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace. Also like to thank Justin Allgaier. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for being a part of the show as well. And we'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Julian Council, and Rich Colbert. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. 
Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. 